keep Facebook over here so that I can. We are live. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Today, I am graced with the appearance of Tam Veyu from the Almanac. It actually, all our technology is working. Yay. Um, yay. It seems like if we're going to have trouble, it's Tam and I who are going to have trouble. Like It's like twice now, I think, on our, our one-month get-togethers, we've had technical issues, whether from your end or my end. I don't remember what the first time was, but we are here. My computer's working well. Yours is working well. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. And it is good to see everybody. I missed everybody on Monday. And it was just too crazy to try to manage a holiday plus manage what I was going to do uh, for a morning show. So I hope you'll all forgive me for that. And I knew I was going to be here Wednesday anyway. So uh, Tam, tell me what's going on with you. Anything new? What's new and exciting? Can I can I say it? Is it okay? Um, yes. Yeah, because I launched a new website. <laughs> I came out of the closet in uh, June as the artist that I am. I launched a website with all of my art, um, mostly what I would call happy art. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. Art that raises the vibration for people. So that's what I've been up to. Tell me what the website is so I can put it in for everybody to see it. It's my name, tmvu.com. And it's V-E-I-L-L-E-U-X.com. Yes. Okay, so let me show that comment. And then everybody can go check it out. I'm certainly going to check it out. Awesome. There we go. Did I do that right? V-E-I-L-L-E-U-X? Yep, you did it exactly right. And everybody's going to go and they go, wait, there's nothing here. There is. <laughs> Later this week. But the, the website's live and I have um, I actually have a, a, an offer for a free art print. And I will, um, I'll put that in the chat box for everybody. Right. That's awesome. So check that out over the next couple of days as Tam gets that up or maybe the next couple of weeks. Because, you know, it takes time to get those things up and running and next out there. You got it. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. And you were just saying before I suddenly realized we had to go live that you had just come from the INATS uh, convention. Yes. So tell us about that, because I know I saw that you wrote about how that seems to have created some spark around the almanac. Absolutely. So it's called INATS, the International New Age Trade Show. And every year this happens in Denver. Of course, there's been two years of COVID, so it kind of got sidelined. This year, everybody gathered again, and there were vendors from all across the United States and Canada and buyers for the local New Age metaphysical and New Age stores. And I brought art, and I brought the almanac, and it was gangbusters. So look for 10 new stores across the United States, all taking the almanac in and a slew of them on the West coast. Yay. Finally over here. That's awesome. It's always nice. Those trade shows too. They sort of give us this, you know, wider audience to uh, expose to the, exactly. the work that you're doing. Yep. And uh, that's really good for all of the writers of it, but also to get more people interested in astrology and human design and all of the things that are in their nutrition and uh, oils and goodness, all that kind of stuff. I gave out your name a whole bunch of times, Janet, just saying. Ooh. Well, it was funny because I actually sent an email out. I haven't, I don't always, I don't like to flood people's emails with uh, stuff from 
uh, from me because I just can't stand it when every day I get two to three from Colette Baron Reed or every day I get two to three from you name it, right? And I'm like, God, do people actually open these up and read them? Because I don't have time for this kind of stuff. So I know that I don't want to do that to people either. Uh, but I sent out an email with the July, uh, my version of the almanac, which is called Astro Design, where we're, you know, kind of combining the two. And it was amazing the uh, feedback I was getting, the number of people wanting charts. So I, I really still feel like we're in this time where people are wanting more and more information about astrology and human design as a type of astrology and so forth. So it was pretty fascinating to watch, but I almost was like, oh my God, what did you do to yourself? Because yesterday, <laughs> when I go back to work for the first day, I have 15, 20 new charts I have to do for people. It was pretty funny. Wow. Like, yes. That's awesome. I, I agree. I think people um, are are more and more interested in the kind of work that we're doing. Maybe it's the whole Neptune and Pisces thing really drawing people. I don't know. I just want to say it's kind of this combination. I think there isn't a person on the planet that doesn't understand that something is going on here, right? True. True. And we may not, we certainly don't like a lot of the things that are happening here in this country that's been uh, like one big long slide into more division and chaos, but there, there's always a purpose behind all of these things. And astrology actually gives us, astrology and human design both, and almost any kind of divination gives us sort of an insight, a view into the purpose behind it all. Or, you know, maybe not the exacts of, of what this will lead us to, but we all came to this planet at this time when there's going to be this change, this big flux in the way that we work with one another and the way that we live. So astrology helps, I think, to maybe make, help people understand it somewhat. I agree. And that's something that I hear a lot, particularly when they're reading the Energy Almanac, they'll say like, it, I feel hopeful. It's not just me feeling the weight of this or noticing the range of that, whatever it might be. And so astrology can help explain some of the patterns that we're all experiencing. It does give people a sense of relief. Yeah, I think you're right. And July, since that's what we're here to talk about this morning, uh, is also going to present us with some shifts and i always like to talk we we talk about the the major aspects that are going on um and there was one that doesn't happen until the end of the month that is probably the biggest thing that goes on this month but it is something that i think that we can take in hand now and really begin to understand and that is the north node coming into a conjunction with uranus in human design that translates into a whole new set of gates for the next three month period of time for us to work through in our pursuit of our evolutionary leap or in, in the changes, the mutation thing going on on the planet. So I, I want to talk about that, but we have a lot going on before we actually get to that point in the month. Uh, tell us, you know, what do you think is the hallmark of this month? The hallmark. See, I always choose the, um, the smaller things. That's good. I am paying attention. I am paying attention particularly to Mercury this month. Mm. Um, I think he's having some fun. Uh, Mercury in Cancer right now, which is wonderful for all of us. We're spending so much time with family. So Mercury has moved into Cancer mm. and right, mm. that nurturing, compassionate, sometimes cranky or moody. <laughs> <laughs> 
or all of the above. But I mean, how, how interesting for Mercury to be there. And we have this opportunity to um, communicate and express ourselves in a way that is softer and maybe a little bit kinder. And we can use that this month as we're gathering and seeing our friends and hanging out with family. So that's one aspect that I'm interested in. But the second one about Mercury, which is one I really love, is Mercury's moving into Leo. Yes. And and how much fun is that? A, a creative expression and a and a fun, maybe a more dramatic. And he's expression. not retrograde then. <laughs> and not retrograde at the end of July. So watching Mercury, I think, is going to be a lot of fun this week and I was doing some work with a client yesterday and I was looking at his natal chart and he happened to be mercury and cancer in the fourth house I was like wow <laughs> and it was so funny his nature was he, he was very like soft-spoken very kind um it was beautiful to witness mercury and cancer right to my face yesterday really cool yeah and so that's where I have my own natal mercury Ah, at, at nine that. degrees of of cancer so in just a couple of days i will have my first mercury return of the year and uh that is always a time when you know the anytime a planet comes back to where it was when you were born it gives you know kind of a new bump to whatever that energy is so the energy of communication the energy of the mind emotion in this case cancer very emotional and uh, certainly is characteristic of what is happening in my life at this period of time as well. Yeah. Um, but as well, the same day that Mercury moved into Cancer, Mars also changed signs. Yes. Yeah. And I think that also softens up the energy because Mars in Taurus doesn't have the same verve and the same, you know, pushy kind of energy as he did when he was in Aries. For sure. Yep, I actually highlight, highlighted that to discuss as well. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. I know I already feel this in my world, like the discussions and the, the actions that we're taking. My my husband and I are, are talking about personal values. We're talking about money and budgeting. And it's interesting how it plays out. It's funny how things shift when you, you even if you're not paying attention, like all weekend long, I wasn't paying attention to anything, but, you know, the, the weekend. And you notice when things start to shift, maybe because for years I've been doing astrology, but energetically, I think everybody probably has had that, that feeling of something's changed, something yeah. shifted. And of course, two planets, inner planets of all uh, things, right? The ones that affect us personally, changing signs kind of dials back the energy a bit. In this case, because of the signs they've moved into. Oh, so yeah. changing the energy, but cool. dialing it back in this case, because Mars doesn't have the same traction in Taurus. In fact, right. I think frustration may be the, the more <laughs> likely feeling yeah. uh, for some people, for some yeah. people. Other people are going to like, you know, slowing down. I was just on the front porch this morning saying goodbye to my husband as he went off to work going, if only things could slow down, like. I still feel like I have so many things to do for the summer and no time to do it. No time to do it. I, you're right. It would be nice if the whole world would slow down, but with Jupiter and Aries, I'm not sure. But look at this, the note that stays on my computer. Uh-huh. Tam, slow down. I love it. <laughs> I mean, because it, it can be a very conscious choice. We know that uh -huh. the world is fast right now, but it's a very conscious choice to slow down. I am naturally that person who moves quickly. <laughs> and so I have to have notes that go, I bumped my elbow so hard this morning. I, it brought tears to my eyes. Tam, slow down. It didn't have to bump my elbow, but it did. Yeah. 
again. <laughs> but it is their little wake up calls that say to slow down and Mars in Taurus is going to be much slower. It is now fire in an earth sign. And unless you have a lot of air that's fanning the flames, you're going to have a Mars that's going to have to dial back the uh, quickness. But you're right, Jupiter's still in Aries. Yes. And so we still have a planet that is kind of ramping up things. Yeah. But even he will soon slow his roll. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. In fact, I should have checked the date, but I know it'll be sometime this month that he moves actually into the shadow of his retrograde period because he turns retrograde on the 28th yep. of this month. No so, <clears throat> so likely he's already in that shadow period. And I was noticing he's already at the degree that he will turn retrograde at. So oh. we are definitely in that shadow, maybe not direct, not exact at the minute, but he's in eight degrees already. So, you know, they kind of sit around for a while on that degree before they change direction. And so we might have a feeling even of a little bit of stagnancy, or maybe what we're trying to do is to hurry up and complete things or to get things done so that it's like off our, our plate so that we can, you know, have more fun and play. Great. <laughs> right. It is fun. Uh, yeah. And now Mercury later this week on Friday, the 8th, uh, is actually coming into a square with Jupiter. Yes. Any thoughts about that? Um, no, <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, I didn't have that on my radar. Mars is going to square Jupiter. Let's see. No, not Mars, Mercury. Oh, Mercury is going to square Jupiter. Oh, that would be conversations. I'm going to say, I would say interesting conversation about the actions we're taking toward money, finances, values, tangibles, right? Yeah. You know, Mercury in, in Cancer is also security oriented. Very so there's cool. a lot of home, the yeah. feeling of belonging and, you know, communicating with family and communicating in this case with Jupiter may take Jupiter and Aries is a little bit pushy, right. it's a, you know, it's a little bit fraught with, uh, you know, action thinking, uh, what is that act first, think later <laughs> energy, but, you know, maybe Mercury will in cancer will help us to slow down enough or in our thinking before we take actions that um, might imperil us for the retrograde period of Jupiter. So I think it, even though it's a square, which kind of gives us that tension or that anxiousness um, might be a really good thing for all of us to really cause us to think before we do take into some, go or leap into some kind of new thing. Yeah, I, I keep thinking that this doesn't feel like one of the harder squares that we've had to deal with. This feels yes. a little bit softer. Maybe Maybe it's that cancer portion of it that's tamping it, but it doesn't feel like that's going to be a hard day particularly yeah i, I kind of think cancers you know need to be st stable and to be security oriented or to have you know a more stabilized foundation right before it makes big changes um will really help jupiter in this case from <laughs> running away with us right. you know runaway optimism isn't good either right we don't want runaway optimism as well we don't want the lack and scarcity that can sometimes come up with mercury energy as well or not mercury but uh cancer energy so maybe a balance of how do we move forward with a plan right 
And, you know, I want to make sure people understand this too, that cancer is a water sign. So there, our thinking does take on a lot of emotional qualities during this period of time. So you have Mercury, a sign that, I mean, a planet that is more logical, more mental focused in an emotional sign. And it was funny because I've I received me emails from several people already talking about emotions. Why am I so emotional? Or why are all these things coming up? Yes. Uh, yeah, you can almost think, you know, Mercury in Cancer because we'll need to balance our mental, logical, uh, analytical thinking with the emotions of uh, whatever it is that's coming up, our triggers, etc. Absolutely, I know. I personally recognize every time the Moon is Cancer, I can I can go. I am so weepy. I guarantee the Moon is in Cancer. I feel like I know for myself, even though I'm ruled by you know, I Mercury is the ruler of Virgo. I feel like when cancer is about, holy mother, it's it's very, very emotional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, cancer um, is across from Capricorn. And there's so there's the these squares that are built between cancer and Capricorn and then Aries and Libra. So these squares bring up you know, tension. And those signs are, um, they're, they're signs that want to move forward, because they're not like, they're not the stuck signs, right? They're not fixed. They're kind of the cardinal signs, and they want to, they want to take a step into new territory, but certain things have to be there first, one of which for cancer is sort of the security, stability of foundation, owing to, you know, Capricorn being in its opposite. And then when we take Aries and Libra and figure that into the, the equation, because we, we have to look holistically at these things, then we can also see that we have, you know, this possibility of waffling between wanting to take action and do it uh, and the need to make sure there's balance in the things that we do. So all in all, I think it does slow things down, um, tempering our act first, think later <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a good thing. And then with Mars and Taurus, it also, you know, acts to slow things down. But we want to be watching Mars right now because Mars is next month going to move into Gemini. And that's the sign he will retrograde in this year. So, you know, I want to say for people, if you have something that you're working on, let's take deliberate action, deliberate steps forward and not um kind of fly by the seat of your pants um because i think there is a time coming when mars will take us on that flight you know have the basis basics and the basis for a foundation done now while you have that opportunity in july yeah then uh let's talk about uh let's see who else, the full moon on the 13th oh yes that's i gotta look at my notes yeah, that one. Capricorn, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that increase planning, thinking. Oh, like what's in the way? What's restricting us? Right? Boundaries. We have the moon in an opposition to Mercury, oh, so it's already boy. going to affect our ability ability to say what we want to say. Totally. Then, then we're going to have the moon squaring Uranus, which you know, for the last couple of months, Uranus was kind of leaving us alone at the moons 
uh, we're going to have the opposition to the sun, of course, we always do at the full moon, but also a sextile to Neptune and a conjunction to Pluto. Wow. 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 I didn't realize Pluto was going to be con conjunct at that one. Holy moly. Yeah, because the moon, you know, it's probably going to be a fairly wide conjunction. It's, you know, I, you know how the moon kind of swings through mm -hmm. and uh, I feel like the, the full moon is going to happen and then then the conjunction to uh, Pluto. So it's not like exact at yeah, the full right. moon, yeah. but anytime you're dealing with Pluto, you're dealing with 10 degree orbs easily. So yeah. if that moon comes within 10 degrees of Pluto, which it does, oh, okay. um, then yeah. we yeah. are going to have the feeling of change or transformation. Yeah or the ugly side of things coming up. Um, sometimes that's not so comfortable, but if we don't look into the shadows, we can't clear the shadows. Right, I don't think change, I like the word ugly doesn't really resonate for me, but um, I hear <laughs> it, change is hard for people and the resistance will show up and that, it, I mean, awareness is everything. Awareness is key, especially yeah. with Pluto playing into that moon. Right, and, and the ugly part is the part that Pluto is, the lord of the underworld truth so he's bringing up those things that we've pushed back like mm -hmm. i don't want to look at that right i don't want to remember that i don't want to have to deal to deal with that the moon being emotions bringing mm -hmm. up the things that the emotional baggage that we're holding and a full moon is a releasing time yes. so what yes. is it that you need to release and now is the time to take care of that. But we also have two other planetary biggies going on that same day mm -hmm. with Mercury in a sextile to Uranus and Venus in a square to Neptune. So let's deal with Venus square Neptune first. Where is that's Venus? Where is Venus? Venus at this point will be yeah. at the end of her transit through Gemini. Gemini, yes. Yeah. yeah. See that. And she's kind of a flirty, chatty Kathy in the sign of Gemini. So in, in a way, her connection to Neptune here might put words to a lot of the spiritual feelings that we have for one another um, or to a spiritual kind of slant to our values and the things that we value. And even though it's a square, when you, with Neptune and Venus together, you're dealing with the energy, the bigger energy of love. So love on the physical human side of things, and then also the spiritual uh, side of things. So the more unconditional love meets the more conditional aspects sometimes of love and helps us to, to see love in a bigger picture, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about like how this could potentially, sorry about my lighting, the sun just keeps disappearing. Um, <laughs> think this potentially um soften the pluto aspect couldn't this you know okay so pluto's coming up you know venus and neptune are coming here and maybe there's like maybe it softens it some and we can give grace to the changes or the secrets that are uncovered under a pluto type of mm -hmm. transit, right yeah absolutely but you have to with a with a square versus the conjunction, the moon and the conjunction, those two are blending their energies. Mm. The square is triggering us to, to do something, right? right. To, to move in a direction. So it's, it's still gonna come down to our choice, I think. Okay. Is it our choice to move in love or is it gonna be our choice to move through and stay in fear? Okay. So I think it does you know, represent the choice that we have, but you're right, it does have 
uh, it could potentially have a softening effect on that moon conjunct Pluto. And, you know, I, I, lots of people, I was born with a moon conjunct Pluto. My moon is within three degrees of Pluto. So, I mean, my, while my life has had a lot of emotional traumas and dramas attached to it, I think in some way I weather those storms much easier. So maybe we are potentially being given the ability to weather some of the more emotional things that are happening uh, in our outer world in particular. So that's always a possibility. And then we do have the sacred number 13. It's the 13th day that adds an energy of the divine feminine to it. And the divine feminine, much more receptive, um, more willing to go into love energy, I think, than the divine masculine. So Mercury in a sextile to Uranus. What do you think about that one? Mercury in a sextile to Uranus. And so we're, we're talking about the change, right? In values, in tangibles and resources, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering about the economy. Like right, me too. Right. With the third, the second quarter of the year would have just, has just ended. Right. Yes. Second quarter. Yeah. January. Yes. Yeah. Second quarter just ended. So numbers are going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's going to do now. Mercury in, in uh, astrology, we often think of Mercury as ruling the mind, the lower mind. So our calculating, analyzing, thinking, data recall kind of mind while Uranus rules the higher mind. So the inspiration, the ideas, the aha moments, the epiphanies that, you know, kind of come into the lower mind from kind of being ferried in by the higher mind. Mm -hmm. And a sextile is a positive expression of those energies. So I'm wondering like brilliant ideas, right? Letting go of old thoughts about the way things might be or should be or could be and allowing something new. Yeah, I'll take that. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be an economic overtone there. I do too. Uh, I do too. I I think it's really been on the horizon anyway. Just watching geopolitically, you know that something's coming. Um, Let's see what, let's see what they make of it. Yeah. And what they make of it doesn't have to be what we make of it. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yes. You know, one of the reasons why I'm excited to talk to people about transits and so forth is to give you the power of choice so that you can respond rather than react to the various craziness things that happen in our world and uh, in any given day. Right. So if, if you can handle that, then you can also handle the crazies when they come up in your own life. So there's always that. And then uh, we come to the midpoint of the Mercury cycle this month, too, with Mercury's conjunction to the sun. That'll happen on the 16th, so post full moon. But that always represents that halfway point in the Mercury cycle. And this one will be the superior conjunction where Mercury is at its furthest away from the sun and or from the earth, excuse me. And that conjunction then signals halfway to the next mercury retrograde (laughs) yeah but we don't we don't have to worry too much about that mercury will be uh you know bringing messages to the sun or picking up marching orders from the sun in this case still uh, in the sign of cancer Mm -hmm. and so maybe it has to do with how we can stabilize what new foundations we might come up to yeah so that one's not too bad. Venus moves into Cancer herself yeah. on the 17th, the next day. So we have this boom, 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 like the, the week of the 10th of July and the week of the 17th of July 
well, let's just face it, the last three weeks of the month are activated. Yes. <laughs> very, very they're, they're activated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now Venus in Cancer becomes more like the divine mother. Yes. This becomes that divine mothering energy. So when Venus is in Cancer, we love to take care of one another, feed each other, um, you know, just to be there for each other, to connect on the emotional level. So I kind of like her being in that sign. Um, you know, she's her values become more family values. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Right? What does that mean? I think we, in at least in this country, I, probably around the world, I would bet, we're in that reevaluation time, right? Yes. That, you know, we have to reevaluate what's important to us. Um, what are the values that we really want to live by? Mm -hmm. And the stated ones, are we in alignment with those versus the ones that we take for granted that are just not stated? that, you know, we, we adhere to, even though we have never really said that this is something we value, we live as if. So maybe it's a time for us to look at that, you know, what are family values? What do we value? Why, why is family so important? All of those kinds of questions may be coming up. I, I encourage that kind of work all the time in my coaching. I'm always saying like, what are your values and are you actually living by them? And maybe this uh, Venus and Cancer energy is going to really help people, you know, sit down and ask themselves those questions. It's very interesting. I'm thinking about the rest of my summer, most of the rest of my summer, my daughter is moving in to live with me for a few weeks because she's coming from out of state. And that that whole family and nurturing and mothering is it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Here is she my... relocating to Maine? Uh, she comes for the summer to stay because she still loves Maine. And, oh. and eventually, yes, they are going to actually move to Maine. But for yeah, so interesting timing for Venus to go into Cancer. I think that's it's such a lovely, soft feeling. Like my heart just softens just knowing the, those expressions are going to come through for a good chunk of time at the end of summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, then, then a couple days after that, that's when Mercury moves into Leo. Right. And we all love that. Yeah. Right? We all love anything in Leo. <laughs> and a few days after that, the sun moves into Leo. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, plenty of drama, but also lots of playfulness. The playful yeah. aspect is the part that I'm excited about. A little bit of romance to, to flavor things for, you know, I think it's going to be, I look forward to the funner aspect of it. And, and, you know, really having, having your eye on, the drama is is somebody playing to this is somebody is somebody acting out a part here or is a drama role yeah yeah now, are you acting out a drama role right yeah. <laughs> we are also part of this right so thinking about you know uh, because Leo's, I think one of Leo's, you know, beautiful high sides is its generosity, its oh heart centeredness, yes. right? Yes. So what can we do to become more heart centered, to yes. live from love, to, to live from a, a generous and magnanimous heart? Right. And, you know, I, I talk to a people a lot about um, Leo in their charts, because wherever it is in your chart is a place where you have a lot of love to give a lot of generosity, a lot of, of goodness there. And also then the other aspect as well, the drama part of it and, or the upsets, you know, and the, that create the drama. 
but also when we look at Leo in our chart, it's a place that if we live according to our heart, we're making decisions that are correct for us mm -hmm. and moving forward into the things that we desire, the things that we love, the things that we want, which then opens up that field of that kind of, of generosity to everybody. Right. So sometimes, you know, we feel, I think the world has sometimes given us this idea that to do what you love is somewhat self-centered mm. um, or to do what you want or to be who you want to be is somewhat self-centered, but that's exactly what we need, right? To be able to have that heart that's loving and giving of your fullness so that others can also pick that up and be that. That's why Leo rules the heart. That's why Leo rules the spine as well. The part that, you know, we stand up and we, we give of ourselves. It's a beautiful thing. Leo energy is just one to look forward to, I think. Yeah, I love that. So we end this, we end the, that week with the sun in Leo. So now we have a lot of force of energy in that sign. Mm -hmm. And uh, any other things that you want to talk about in, in that respect? We do have a couple of tricky kind of things after that. Yeah, coming up after that. I saw that. Uh -huh. um, no, um, no. Enjoy Leo season. I I think that's all I have to say. I think you really have covered it. I, um, yeah. The generous heart of the Leo is probably what I witnessed in my life around all the Leos that are in my world. Like, it's amazing to me. And I'm always stunned by, by how generous they are. So um, to the audience that's listening, pay attention to those Leo friends and notice that. And what can we learn by that? And I know that for me, when I see witness the generosity, I'm all like, huh, how can I be more generous like that? It's pretty an interesting trait that they have. Yeah. And then depending if, if you know your own chart and you know where Leo is, that's the part where you really tune into generously giving. Mm -hmm. It might be in the third house where you are generously giving of your time and teaching or speaking to people or conversations or uh, in some way, you know, dealing with, people in your neighborhood, maybe you're a neighborhood community kind of person. Um, so take a look at where that is in your own chart, because that's where a lot of focus will move as we get to the end of the month. And then <sighs> Jupiter retrogrades on the new moon. Yeah, on the new moon. Right. I'm like, is there some message there? What do you well, think? There sure is, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, when Jupiter, when the big planets go retrograde, so I mean, big as in outer, I don't know why I said big, the outer planets, when they're in, they're in retrograde for a much longer period of time than the inner planets are. So Mars, Venus, Mercury, you know, they retrograde more frequently, we're more familiar. I mean, they're, they're shorter periods of time. When we get to the bigger outer planets, they go retrograde and they're retrograde for months, right? So Jupiter, probably the one that's four, four and a half months, you know, and further out you go, the longer they're in, in their retrograde. So we're more used to that, right? It feels like, oh, is something changing? But what is changing during those periods of time is more of the society, the culture, uh, the, the bigger collective is in change. And I feel like this is going to be, you know, we have been gobsmacked in this country over the last couple of weeks with all these different changes that, you know, court rulings and just, just crazy things, right, that are going on. And then you have the economy that's all, you know, creating havoc and stress for everybody. So when Jupiter turns retrograde, it's a time for us to integrate mm -hmm. all of those changes. Mm -hmm. 
put it in its right and proper place rather than I think feeling um, so gobsmacked by everything. I look at Jupiter, I think of Jupiter, I think a lot about belief systems. Mm. What do we believe about what's just happened? That's one of my biggest things, like a Jupiter retrograde would have me looking at. Um, what do I believe about the actions? Because it's, you know, Aries, um, the actions. What do I believe about the leadership we've just experienced? Um, those are the kinds of questions that I'm going to be looking at for myself. And by the way, like I block time to actively think about these things because retrogrades are about integrating information and assimilating information. And if you don't take yep. the time to look at it and notice, then it's really all for naught. I mean, sure, it's probably going to show up in our unconscious minds anyway, but I'm a person who likes to actively do the work. So those are the kinds of things that I'm going to be looking at. And yep. I'm going to ask you this, not tell you this. I would my assumption is with Jupiter retrograde in Aries that we're going to experience a sort of slowdown. Mm. And I hope. Most, so. <laughs> yep. 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 Most definitely. Did you notice also that that day the moon is in Leo? Oh, no, I actually, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. The, the new moon is it, it, it's July 28th. The moon will be in Leo. Yep. So interesting. We have Leo energy heart energy taking us into the heart wow. uh, at the time of the new moon and also at the time that jupiter is in retrograde now you know uh jupiter rules two signs right it rules sagittarius which is where our beliefs and our philosophies and yep. all of that comes from but it also is the the co the more traditional ruler of pisces yep. where our spirit comes from mm -hmm. so you know maybe spirit and heart and you know, changing of beliefs in a way that is more, uh, I don't know, inclusive, more tolerant, more, I don't know, uplifting, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to, I lost my thought. I apologize. I had, I had something to add, but it's gone. All right. Well, if you want to add it, if you think of it, just blurt it out. Okay. Um, because I also now want to take a look at this North Node, oh, uh, South Node thing that is happening. So it's been a very long time since, uh, I, I don't remember the number of years, probably 18 to 20 years since the, the North Node would have made a conjunction to Uranus. And we all know Uranus is the great awakener. We all know it's unexpectedness that comes from it. Uh, sometimes it is the lightning fast changes that happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it is the epiphany, the oh, yeah. moment, right? That takes us into new territory. It is also in the sign of Taurus and that can mean economics, banking, all of those kinds of things. I'm, I'm wondering if with the node shift, it is suddenly a declaration that we're in a recession here in the U.S. Ooh. Right? That it's been we, they've been telling us this. Right? It's coming. It's coming. We're you know uh, who knows. But one of the things that I love about this is when we look at this in human design, we see that the North Node is going to move into the Gate Two, which is a gate of receptivity and allowing. So it's a gate that takes us away from the 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 working for money the emphasis on money and puts it more in its proper place where we are 
you know, it reminds me of, um, good God, I can't even think of the word for it now. Uh, it's like bargaining. Um, Negotiate. No, no, the system of, of trade. Oh, bartering? Bartering. Bartering. It reminds me of bartering, a bartering system where, you know, we have something that we want to give, but maybe we need something and we trade with someone else for that. Yeah. So I feel like this, you know, there's a, a new um, allowing energy that's coming up for us. And it'll take probably a few weeks for that energy to really take hold. And hmm. when it does, of course, it's like three to four months that it will be in those two gates. Now, this, that puts the south node in the gate one. And the south node is going to tell us what we need to release. And this is collectively, right? Collectively, because right. you all have your own north nodes. You all have your own south nodes. But collectively. So that that idea of purpose and having to have a reason for everything and having to push our way out into the world so it, both of those gates are sitting on the identity center. So if you can remember in your human design, it's the diamond right in the center, which is where the soul lives, the seat of the soul. Mm. So both of these gates, both the south node at one and the north node at gate two, are giving us direction, direction for our soul. So the primary directive becomes move toward the second gate, which is move toward allowing and receiving Right. And and allowing flow, the flow of abundance, the flow of love, the flow of direction and not something that like the other side where you might want to work for it or you want you're always on the hunt for it or you're always looking for it or trying to move towards it. So it becomes a much more receptive period of time that we're in. Hmm. I'm not quite sure how to square that with. Uh, Uranus's ability to upset things, but Uranus has been in the gate too all year anyway. Well, I mean, when I think Uranus, I, I, it's revelation, and sometimes that's just an idea, right? It doesn't an idea whose time has come, maybe. Right? right? Yeah, not necessarily revolution, just revelation, and that's so. I, it could be a really exciting period of time. I have a question re regarding the human design aspect mm -hmm. of this. Are North Node and South Node in human design always a gate apart? No. Okay. No, not at all. Um, because right now they're in 43 and 23. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, they the, the 43, 23 happens to complete a channel. And that channel has been about um, ingeniousness, right? Finding our genius finding something that we're really good at and, you know, bringing it forth into the world. Um, the gates two and one are, they just, they're at opposite ends of the identity center. They just happen to be in sequential order, uh, but that doesn't always happen. So, okay, yeah, but it's just interesting because they're, they're the, the, the gate two is the most yin gate in human design. So the most divinely feminine the most receptive gate yep. and the gate one is the most masculine or yang gate right. in human design so we have letting go of the yang yep. and embracing the yin wow. if we just look at it in that wow. we have letting go of some of the more put getting the masculine energy in its right lane and yep. getting the feminine energy in her right lane yep um this is really fascinating and not something 
that I was aware of for this month. Um, best use of this time period for you, in your opinion? As we get to the end of the month, practice allowing uh, and practice giving. Giving and receiving are all a part of the same thing. You know, um, some sometimes in the gate two, what we have is a hard time receiving, right? That, you know, we get so caught up in, you know, being, you know, a woman uh, on is an island, right? I'm independent and I don't need anybody. But in the gate two, we see that we are all in this together. And if we want to right the ship, we all have to come together to make it so, right? Everybody, we need all the parts. We need all the moving pieces to come together. Um, but we need to do that in a new way. We can't do it in the same purposeful, uh, hierarchical, uh, old paradigm way. We have to lean into the more feminine way. And what are, you know, women are consensus builders, right? The feminine is a consensus building energy. Yep. So um, we've had enough of the, you know, butting heads and fighting and, you know, that kind of, of, um, energy. So now maybe we have to become more consensus building. I think that's a possibility, but we also have to do that in our own lives, right? We can't just keep barreling through insisting that only our way is the right way. And, you know, it's my way or the highway. We've done that in many different ways. If it's yeah. good for me, it's good for we, right? Right. The me, we, the me, we, right? So <laughs> exactly. it's the me, we time. Um, and the fact that Uranus is in there might even signal a change in the collective consciousness and awakening of sorts. An awakening. Yeah. That revelation piece. What do we call that? An evolution leap, maybe. Okay. Right. But it might bear out over time. And, you know, one little overlooked thing that I even overlooked until this morning when I really tuned into it is that today, the 6th, Yep. Today is the sixth. Yep. <laughs> we talk about the future so much that I'm like, what day is this? I never um, know. Today, Saturn moves back into the gate 49, which is the gate of revolution. Oh. So in a way, that gate, it's on the emotional center. So we know that we have a revolution of emotions coming, right? Some kind of emotional reaction mm -hmm. that uh, needs to be tempered by response. And it changes it's a mutative energy. It changes things up. And we've already had Saturn in 49 once this year. Then it, now it's retrograde. So he's moving back into it. And I want to say, let me check that really quickly. Um, I think he's there for most of the rest of the year. Oh. And for Saturn, yep, he's still in 49 all the way through December. So for the rest of the year, we have revolutionary energy sort of stimulating the undersides of everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and what we find we have to do with the 49, and it's interesting that it's, it's Saturn there because Saturn is about duty and responsibility and deliberateness and taking steps forward, but in a goal-oriented sort of way, um, creating a stability and a foundation. Those are all very Saturnian kinds of qualities. But he's sitting in a gate that is having to do things in a different way. Mm -hmm. So in 49, we have a tendency to upset black and white thinking. So um, black and white thinking sounds a whole lot like duality or polarity. Mm -hmm. And so 
Saturn comes along and says you can't keep this as a part of your basis for living anymore. Well, isn't it interesting that Saturn is in Aquarius and Aquarius ruled by Uranus, which is the one that can create rapid change or be revolutionary in its thinking or, or yeah, that's. Yeah. So the gate is, is resembling the sign that it's in. Correct. It is an Aquarian gate. Definitely. Okay. So, but the, it, it's funny because Uranus has been in Taurus. So it had, you know, ha Taurus has acted sort of like the brake pedal yeah. in some ways to Uranus's unabashed uh, willingness to uh, yes. overthrow everything. Right. So yes. he's been the break. Yeah. Now you have Saturn, another form of a break, break. right. Yep. Slowing down some of the more future oriented energies of Aquarius. So, I think that gives us time to be more deliberate in what do we want to create going forward? How do we, how do we want to address some of these things that have happened and um, how do we want to, what's important going forward and what can we let go of? What can we just say we're done with that yeah. and how do we move forward? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And you're right. It's the gas pedal and the brake all the time right now. Right and yeah. spinning our wheels sometimes feels like we're not going anywhere <laughs> it's like you know the teenager that just loves to leave the the, the rubber on the road <laughs> you kind of have to be grateful for both saturn and taurus doing their jobs because otherwise we could have spun out of control already by now right so, i mean things already kind of look like sometimes some days they just feel like they're out of control right yeah. in our country i think a lot of people feel like the supreme court is out of control and what do we do about it um, some people, you know, look at it and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's get all these things changed, but it's dragging us backwards a bit. But the reason we would go backwards a bit is to get a better view about deliberately, where do we want to go now? Right. What do we want to, what, what does this mean for our future? We can rewrite the future, right? That's in our personal lives, but also in our collective coming together. So change is good. Right. We don't always like it, but uh, it is creating a revolution. And sometimes I think we need to be shook to our very core in order to get us to change. I, I unfortunately, I agree with you on that one. Yes. Yeah. But the good news for the rest of the month after Saturn changes gates like that, we don't have another big change until the end of the month. And that would be the change of the nodes into uh, two and one. And that happens on the 31st. But I believe the conjunction um, actually to Uranus happens on the 29th or 30th. So, so it's just a day or so early, but you're going to feel that one coming. You're going to feel that one coming. Like uh, yesterday, I'm just going to give you a personal thought going on in my own head. And this happens to me frequently. So it's not a new thought. And we don't have to act on our emotions, by the way. Right. right? We don't have to act just because our minds take us somewhere. Um, my thought was, yeah, I just want to be a farmer. I just, I don't want to have to be responsible for telling people about the transits or about what's going on in their lives or how to realign their souls or how to do any of that. I just don't want to do that. I just want to throw yeah. sunflowers. Yeah. They don't talk back. They don't have problems. And if they have problems, like I can handle those. And then I started just cracking up at myself because that's a recurring pattern in my life. When things get, when the tough, <laughs> tough things start happening, yeah. I just want to go be a farmer. 
Yeah. <laughs> how, how very Uranus in Taurus of you. <laughs> right. Well, I have my own Venus in Taurus. Oh. Uranus has been sitting sort of on my Venus off and on over this year. So like, yeah, okay, let's get back to the simplicity. I think it's the simplicity that I'm craving. Yeah, no, right? I, I would agree with you with that. When I, you know, things are speeding up and, and you just want, okay, if I throw out that project, that will create space and then it can be in the garden more. I hear you. And and the work that you do is is big and it impacts people at a deep level. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and sometimes you just need to break from that. I think that when that happens, I think, oh, there's this call for me to get back to the basics. So camping, going to bring me back to my solid base back to my my norm self but if you're feeling that don't be surprised by it right it is something that just is i think there is a bigger call behind all of it yes with your runs in taurus to simplify Mm -hmm. to get ourselves back to when things were less complex and life didn't have the kind of pace that we've been subjected to um well for literally all of our lives but especially the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. I think the part of the Uranus in Taurus is I'm always looking at the food piece, the, the Taurus oh. and their food and like how it's bringing us. I know I buy 85% of my groceries locally. Now I, I will go to the farmer's market every week. I am buying my meat locally. I, I think that's part of Uranus and Taurus. It's, it's changed yeah. my personal value system, but also like Taurus and uh, nature and all of that. Like, I just think it's part of that whole transit. You're absolutely my, right. My daughter's getting married in October and she and her uh, fiance have decided that everything that they do is going to be local. Nice. So local uh, cake makers and not that we wouldn't normally do that anyway, but everything is going to be about celebrating and supporting local vendors and yeah so she's going way out of her way in some cases and paying a little bit more in some cases Mm -hmm. to get things you know from this local county that we live in instead of going to say seattle the bigger area uh, to get things or buying things on amazon instead of you know buying things from the the local places so i think that feels almost to me like a bigger theme that's going on with a lot of people I agree with you a hundred percent. I do. Yeah. I, I hear people all the time, less Amazon, less Amazon. They'll think before they click really. Yeah. I, and I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And not that there's something wrong with Amazon or anything like that. That's not what we're saying, but you know, think of the impact that just one company has had on all of the local uh, family owned, right. you know, companies. So do what you can to, to uphold them because someday when they're gone and you miss them, Mm -hmm. then we're all only able to buy from box stores or big companies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, go to your farmers, go to your farmer markets, uh, you know, buy the local uh, produce or meats or whatever it is you need um, to support the local businesses. And that creates maybe that abundant flow that the north node in the second gate the north node still in taurus at that time is bringing us in that conjunction to uranus 
And it can also upset the apple cart too. So I don't want to undersell that. Right. Uh, but just know that anything that happens with Uranus is often a revolution that is undermining what's no longer sustainable. Because if there's right. one thing I know about Taurus is it knows about sustainability. That is true. Yeah. 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 All right. So I can't believe it. We're almost at the end of the hour. Uh, anything you want to leave people with? Because some people might be joining us now that weren't here earlier. So tell them about your art site again okay. and um, where they can go for that. Oh, it's uh, up on I, the screen. Uh, it is. but it. Oh, yeah. That's the actual art one. To get my free art is my name, Tam, the letter V for Veyu freeart.com tam freeart.com i've tried typing it in twice and i haven't successfully done it i want to leave everybody with like a little coaching tidbit again um do your retrograde work we are in a major retrograde season and august august is going to kind of top us off and fill us up of retrograde <laughs> We'll be done with, we'll be so tired of them. Every quarter I do a planning party where I invite people and we talk about astrology and we plan according to the planets. And my biggest thing is don't ignore the fact that there's a retrograde going on. It's your opportunity to course correct. Mm -hmm. We have Jupiter and we have Pluto and we have Neptune. We didn't even talk about Neptune retrograde. Um, we have stuff going on that we can can really um, assimilate information and can course correct for the rest of the year. So that is my little tidbit. It's, I love Reel it in, make it personal. Yeah. Make it personal. What's it mean for me? And I want to say like, thank you, Janet. I learn so much every time we do these calls. I know my contribution here is small, but it's, no. it's wonderful to to learn at such depth with you. Thank you very, very much. Well, and it's always wonderful because you come from a totally different point of view. Yeah. I love that, right? Just to round it out, round out the information to everybody. So, and JLo, thank you so much. She's always such a great uh, supporter out there. Please take a moment and hit the thumbs up button if you're watching us on YouTube this morning. Yeah. If you are on Facebook, hit the like button or the like and then share the video, whether it's YouTube or whether it's on Facebook, you can share that video with your friends, your family, your networks of people. And if you have not yet subscribed to my Living Astrology Facebook or YouTube channel, please do so. Go over to Tam's site and support Tam. We're all in this together and uh, we all uh, need to support one another. And just an announcement from my end of things, I will not be in town for Friday or on Monday uh, for a broadcast. So I'll be out of town. I don't even know that I'll have internet or Wi-Fi or anything to make uh, any messages. So it's not that I've disappeared. I'm just camping. I'll be back on the 15th to have a morning show with everybody. Janet, right. We call it being unplugged. You are unplugging. I'm unplugging. I don't do that very successfully, but if I have signal, I might eke out some things, but you know, chances are in the mountains now. You're not going to get that. Unplug <laughs> and plug into the earth. Go do it. Plug into the earth. Exactly. I'm going to plug into Mount Baker and Mount Shuxon, right? These yeah, two beautiful mountain peaks that are, uh, will be, at the foot of we're going to watch for ufos at night too oh nice right because you're up above like the city lights and yeah it'll be fun 
All right, everybody. Tam, thank you so much for being here this morning. It was really great that we could get together and talk about July. I'll look forward to seeing you. Let's see, in August, it'll be August 3rd. And we'll meet again to talk about what's coming up for the month of August. Take care. Love to everybody. And I'll see you in a week. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.